Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From 104.7 WHUPLP Hillsborough, this is She and Her. I'm Sandra Davidson. And I am Anita Rao. Uh, we are here live in studio Thursday, October, 90 October degrees. 4th. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm getting dinner with people tonight and we planned it a couple weeks ago. They were like, yeah, it'll be the beginnings of fall, so let's get pho. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm about to eat pho. Yeah, when uh, it's pho. Getting hot outside. <laughs> Good break in the... Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. That was a P-H-O. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Uh, so it's really hot. We are here. We've arrived. Yep. And I'm drinking a homemade kombucha made by Anita, which is a, a new thing that you're doing right now. It is. It's my new hobby. And I. it's actually one of my five things that's bringing me joy because... I think I usually overthink. I mean, I usually overthink most things, but I really overthink like ways to spend my time. So mm-hmm. I think if someone would have approached me and been like, what do you think about making kombucha? I would have been like, no, like that sounds like way too much work. And I don't even drink that much kombucha and it's probably expensive. But like it, I just happened upon it because someone like handed me something. And then I was like, well, shoot, <laughs> I can't let this. You a someone handed me a scoby and I was like, I can't <laughs> let this dry up. So then I just like had to figure it out. And I'm like, wow. I wish I did more things like this where it was like, and now I have a little hobby that's so fun. Oh, my God. You have a hobby. And I you know. have been looking for hobbies. There you go. And this is like a hobby that brings me a lot of joy because it's like something I can consume, which is super gratifying. Mm-hmm. And I get to like watch something grow, even though it's like bacteria and yeast. It's like cool. <laughs> and I'm drinking it right now. It's delicious. Honestly, you. it's like the best. Honestly best kombucha i've ever had oh my god i swear to god i'm so honored well i'm grateful that you gave me one of four one of four bottles bottles. i know my first batch yeah you have to like there's just a lot to explore but you have to create a scoby hotel for your (laughs) scobies as you continue the process of making more so i had to use a lot of the like unflavored made kombucha Mm-hmm. to fill the SCOBY hotel. So I only had enough to actually like bottle and make four. 
Okay. So are you, are you in the process of making another, another batch? Round? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you okay. always have your Scoby Hotel, and then you have your <laughs> active uh, container. The Scobies so, are so they look like jellyfish. They're crazy, and they feel like Gak. Remember that? Oh my god! Yeah, no, they don't. They do. That is something I haven't thought about in a minute. Yeah, um, it's super weird, but everything. Yeah, everything has to be super sanitary. So, like, like John has to like douse my hands in vinegar, so, like every time I like touch anything, and I had to buy this like special sanitation like powder that you like dip everything in to sanitize. Mm-hmm. Anyways, learning a lot about sanitation, <laughs> fascinating stuff. Uh, kombucha, kombucha. Is what, so you, we're talking tonight about five things that bring us joy, and also an assortment of things that we're thinking about <laughs> that likely don't bring us joy. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so kombucha is one of yours. It's one of mine. You know what one of mine is? What? I think Beyonce has a new line of costumes that she's recently debuted on her On the Run tour number two. Okay. So this weekend, Anita and I were both in Asheville for a friend's wedding, which was awesome. That did bring me joy. Yes. Um, but she has this new outfit that she's wearing with this silver cape and... You know, Beyonce typically has a bunch of fans going to make her hair constantly. Yeah. You know, it has constantly flowing, in the, flowing in the wind, which is great. Special effect. Yeah. But she's gotten this cape that is very Oh, responsive. you sent me the photo of it. That yeah, just like. Of course I did. I mean, it's like. It billows by. It looks like. She looks long. like a goddess. Honestly. Yeah. Like, okay, we already knew that about her. But this thing, I, I got to find out, like, the I wish I'm, it's like, showing control. you to Yeah. And then there's a video of it on it. Like, look at the slow-mo video. Okay, so this thing literally looks like she is a alien she goddess from another planet yeah. who has arrived on planet Earth. And this is, like, some textile masterpiece. I don't know where this thing has been on the rest of her tours. <laughs> it's but amazing. suddenly, here it is. And I have been, like, look at that one. It's just oh flowing my up god! It. it looks magic, y'all. It does. It looks yeah. like pure magic. And I haven't seen this on the run tour. Um, and I think I would have been sad if I'd seen it. And she <laughs> suddenly she has this one, but it's out of control. All that to say, um, I don't even know what Jay Z does when he's on stage with her. <laughs> like, look at her and think, "Damn, I'm lucky." Yeah, is that what he does? Probably. I mean, he's probably over it by now. I mean, I'm sorry. I want to know what it's like. What is that relationship like? Endlessly curious. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are they doing when they're just chilling? I guess they're on a boat, like in the Mediterranean. A yacht, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have have twins. They have twins. (laughs) And little Blue Ivy, who, my God, what's she going to do with her life? No idea. They're like our royal family. Oh, they are. That's such a good parallel. Like, we're going to be watching that. I mean, I... And they'll (laughs) they'll never be without, like... An escort and yeah. like yeah, exactly detail exactly and like imagine <laughs> well you know they're very they're not as public as the royal family though I mean they're they put a lot of stuff out but it's all as contained I guess as the royal family but there's no there's, there's no, no sense expect- of public response exactly. public facing responsibility no expectation the for them to yes. yeah so Beyonce's new costume that is giving me joy that right now. is great. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like back and back. I should start making my own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Big step, but yeah. I encourage you. Don't I've think been on that, that roller coaster hard. for a while. 
<laughs> just buy a sewing machine and just get going. Well, I borrowed a friend's for a while. And Did it you? Just sat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But one of my fr- one of our friends, Cameron, she's currently. This is also this is my number two. She is uh, chain stitching, so embroidering. Yeah. On my favorite jean jacket, my only jean jacket, really, a peach. And Aww. that's my nickname, Peaches. Yeah. One of my nicknames. Did and she make, is it like an, no, it's not an iron on. You said she's hand. She is hand, hand embroidering. Embroidering it. So it all started with Hurricane Florence because she, I, I weathered the storm with her and her roommates in Raleigh because Benjamin, my partner, was working and I didn't want to be in the storm by myself. Partially because, oh my God, what if a tree fell on our house and we lost power and then Link and I were stuck there by ourselves? Doesn't sound fun to me. But also, you don't want to weather a storm by yourself. No. Especially a hurricane. I yeah, mean, it's a communal it's experience. It's a communal experience. It's just not the type of thing you want to do by yourself. But yeah, that's my number two. That's great. Um, <laughs> okay, my number two is really weird. Okay. Apple cider vinegar. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm serious. No, you're on it as a health thing. No, what? not not the shots of it. Okay. That we did talk about that for like an hour work the other day, and that's Frank's like sworn cure for everything. He just My like dad takes does a it shot all the time. It. Really, he takes a shot of that and um, cherry juice every night. Okay, Frank mixes it with soda water and some other like flavored juice. Oh my god! Yeah, it's brutal. I've tried it. I can't imagine okay, doing but, it. Well, in what manner so, do you like to consume? Great question. <laughs> So here's the thing. I did not grow up <laughs> eating salads because they're not really a part of Indian food. Like you don't ever have like a cold. The only thing you have cold is like yogurt. So you don't ever have like cold vegetables. And I just like never knew. I like have always avoided making salads at home because I have no idea how to like make my own dressing. That always just seemed like a thing. Mm-hmm. And finally. And salads at home are never as good as they Never are. as good. But then That's I discovered. Good. It's so simple. No, I mix apple cider vinegar (laughs) with some olive oil and salt and pepper. Okay. And a little bit of lemon juice, and it's like bang. Bada boom, bada bang. Bada boom, bada bang. Now, have you tried it with balsamic? Why apple cider? I don't know. There's just something about it. I feel like to me, balsamic vinegar is so like I'm making a salad. Like right, apple cider sort of like a, I'm making a salad. Yeah, it's like curious, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you put salt and pepper in it. Yeah. Also a crucial step in the homemade salad. Crucial dressing. step. Yeah. I have lately been thinking I've been over salting things <laughs> because I was visiting. Um, Iowa with Ben yeah. and his parents for whatever reason had a blood pressure cuff in the room we were staying in <laughs> just at home <laughs> casually yes. okay so Ben took his and it was disgustingly healthy <laughs> and then I took mine and I don't know I have no idea how to make sense of a blood pressure thing. no I don't even know what the top number means the bottom number means I know what my heart rate means I can tell you if it's fast or slow but he looked at it and he said wow you're in the upper range you're almost at a high blood pressure level what? Okay, this is like nine forty. You were probably like stressed out, also. Yeah. Maybe. Well, and I also walked upstairs. Yeah. So I'm sitting there. It's nine forty-five, and I'm like, he's getting ready for bed. And what am I doing? I'm sitting on the bed, googling high blood pressure. 
<laughs> and I'm like, what do I do to manage this? Oh my God, I'm almost in like the red zone. It was like 121 and the top of the red zone is 130 or the bottom of the red zone is 130. So I'm like, it's the salt. It's the salt and it's the peanut butter because I remember this one time Anita went to the doctor and they told her that she was eating too much peanut butter, but that wasn't your blood pressure, was it? It was cholesterol. Yeah, but that's like a genetics thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, my family has high blood pressure. It runs in the family. Yeah. So then I've been thinking I've been oversalting things lately. It could be. It's a consideration. Yeah. But then I measured it the next morning and it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you were probably just tired from walking up the stairs. Yeah. And or stressed. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe. So apple cider apple vinegar. Cider. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has, you know, the byproduct. Are you eating a lot of salads then? Uh, No, just one. <laughs> No, but see, the thing is, okay, no, 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 we got back from Spain, and we were craving vegetables, because there are no vegetables in Spain. Spainage. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we made this really good kale salad with this really good dressing, and I've just been really enjoying it. One time. (laughs) (laughs) This one time, uh, yeah. I've just been really enjoying it in this scenario, is like saying, um, the other day this thing happened to me. And that other day time window is probably about 18 months for me. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say it is for you? The other day, I would say within the past two weeks. Oh, two weeks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you wouldn't be like, um, the other day, my, my nephew was born. Yeah, I would not say that. The other day. I would say like. Earlier this year. Earlier this year. Oh, my God. Or like a no, couple no, of, no. I would say a couple of months ago, maybe. A while back? Not a while back, but recently. Maybe recently. Recently. Okay, yeah. But the other day is like, we're still counting in days, <laughs> okay. which 18 months ago, we're Doesn't not. Doesn't count? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. But your nephew, I bet that's bringing you yeah. some joy. I FaceTimed with him yesterday. So cute. He's so cute. Yeah. Nevi. Nevi. Well, what else is on your list? Well, you haven't done your number two yet. Number two. Or I guess you did. You said, did I? The hurricane. Oh, Cameron? embroidery. <laughs> embroidering. For, that someone else does for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. my mom's listening. Oh, hey, hi, mom. mom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sheila. Sheila texted me on Instagram the other day. What? To say what? Uh, I shared. Maybe this we can pivot quickly to a thing that's been on our mind lately. So uh, I shared a daily episode. Mm. And I said, everybody needs to listen to this. It was a summary of a recent New York Times expose on the Trump family wealth legacy and the fraudulent basis of it. And one of the things in in that podcast, they like the current New York Times journalist quoted a 1980s era New York Times story on Donald Trump. And they described him as looking like Robert Redford. Yeah. What? I know. That's disgust. Talk about fake news. <laughs> that was the failing New York Times. <laughs> I like how that was one of the things that stood out to you as appalling. Well, I mean, it was all so disgusting to yeah. me. Heinous. He's heinous. I'm sorry. I just have to say it. No. He At the end of the episode, he's mocking Christine Blasey Ford at a Mississippi rally. Which I also find heinous. Yeah. So um, I've been thinking a lot about sexual assault. Yeah. And the politics of sex. And I listened to this other podcast, uh, seen on the radio, great 
Center for Documentary Studies at Duke podcast. Um, they're in a new season right now, and they're dismantling or examining masculinity. And I have just loved this season. It's very cerebral, but they recently did an episode where they essentially gave the entire episode to a young woman. I think her name was Janie, who was sexually molested by a friend of hers who pressured her, essentially. Well, she probably wouldn't say it that way. He told her that if she didn't date him, they could no longer be friends. She was mm -hmm. in her early 20s, so she said, I'll give it a shot. Didn't work out. She broke up with him. He started stalking her. And then she went to a bar one night with him and a bunch of their friends. He bought, brought her a drink. She immediately got sick from the drink. And he said, hey, you parked your car at my house. I'll just take you home. You can take yourself home. Well, by the time they get to her house, she's woozy. She's like, can't see straight. He's like, why don't you lay down on the couch? Oh, wait, why don't you lay down in bed with me? And then he proceeds to molest her while she's sort of in and out of it. She comes to, she's like, get off of me, get off of me. And she'd been saying that through the whole process. And she sort of says she gained control of her limbs, leaves. And then immediately, um, decides she's not going to tell people at first because she's worried that it's going to make him lose his friends and she knew mm. that he was a really tortured person and so it would cost a lot for him to lose friends eventually she tells her friends they don't do anything about it with their particular relationship with him she leaves la comes back years later and then she did a Facebook post sort of telling her story. Nobody reached out to her about it. So then she bought a recorder, had never done anything like this before, and she went around and interviewed all of their mutual friends who she had... Like years later? Years later, and her mother, who was friends with his mother, to find out why, to ask them why they responded hmm. the way that they did. Wow. It was so good. Was she a radio person or did John no. and them? Okay, so you don't know how no, they I don't know if she is now, but okay. she started doing this before. She's like, I never recorded anything in my life before. I just thought maybe I could share something with other people that would help them figure this out. Wow. And so really what is at the root of it is this concept called empathy, H-I-M, empathy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's a scholar who's coined that term and they brought her in at the end of the episode to respond to the segment that this young woman produced and she said none of this surprises me one bit because we are essentially culture to make excuses for men in situations like this really white men in these situations and it made me think about Brett Kavanaugh that was the thing so we were talking on back channel today about yeah, the racial aspect of this that people aren't really talking about, where it's like thinking about how young black boys are policed in such a very particular way for actions that are like nowhere near the kind of things that Brett Kavanaugh was doing and how like his white, obviously his like well, socioeconomic man. privilege plays a big part. <laughs> yeah, I just like I don't. I was listening on the way here to All Things Considered, and they were talking about how there are all of these women in Alaska that are buying flights to fly to D.C. today before the vote because they want to talk to Lisa Murkowski really? in person. And that, like, there aren't – and, like, there there aren't enough flights out. out between now and then for the amount of people that are trying to come. All of these survivors. And I just have been thinking so much about how, like, I felt – I texted you earlier this week that I felt like that – 
the story of the two women who confronted um, Jeff Lake in the elevator. In the elevator, I found really inspiring. But it's like this like roller coaster of like feeling so like charged with positive feelings for these people that are willing to do this, and then feeling so dejected. And I just don't know like how how to be a good ally right now. Like what what do you do? <laughs> and how do you move the needle? Because I feel like in this Trump era, okay, this is one of the things I've been thinking about, is like when you, I feel like so much of this, so many of these things are propelled forward by people who have privilege, who lash out when their privilege is threatened. So how do you engage in a conversation? Like, can you even engage in a conversation that can get through to those people? Or do you just ha- do you just have to get enough people that make a majority that those people become the minority and become silenced and like that's how change happens. Great question. And I feel so caught in that like push pull right now of like, I feel like for a while, at least in my job, I've been like trying really hard to be like, we really need to work on not being too editorializing, like really making sure we're like going down the middle on things. And there are like, yes, there are moments when you really need to do that because I didn't want us to be just another like liberal news outlet that was yelling into the void. But then I come to moments like this and I'm like, I don't know. Like, totally. I don't know what my responsibility is in this kind of moment. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, so I, I listened to this podcast and at the very end, this scholar sort of articulates misogyny in such an interesting way, which I immediately thought, this is what someone needs to explain to Jeff Flake. So she says, okay, so misogyny is the weaponized arm of sexism. Mm -hmm. So we live in a sexist society, meaning we live in a society where there are typical, understood, almost silent expectations about how men are to behave and what they are to do uh, are to do and you know if a man is over emotional he's sort of characterized as a sissy that's a departure from the norm right right? and then women have their own lane and misogyny shows up when people step out of their lane and say wait the way your lane is acting Mm. this isn't right and we want other people to hold you accountable because this isn't right Mm. and the misogyny is the it's like the enforcement arm of sexism so it's not like every day people are being misogynistic it's just like when it shows up so like you see it now so and this is what the scholar is saying Uh, there are tons of men across the country right now white men are like oh i think i might like i don't want this to happen to me doesn't it also make you this isn't i'm just riffing off of what you're saying but i also want an outcry from men Mm -hmm. like everything i see on facebook i mean i do see some men talking about it but it is nothing in comparison to all these women coming forward Mm -hmm. and saying this is my story this is why i didn't tell somebody this is why this matters and those women who got in that elevator with jeff flake said exactly everything i would have wanted to say Mm -hmm. i mean i'm so sorry that they had the experiences that they had Mm -hmm. but they both manifested the emotion that is is upsetting so many people in this country. But like, I don't, I I even struggle to say, is it really people? Like, I do think people are upset, but I feel like, I still feel like women are the most upset. Mm-hmm. Right, I feel like the most out, yeah, the, uh, the voices of men that are rising to the surface are those who feel threatened 
or who are, you know, questioning whether we've taken things too far by, you know, considering an allegation from 30 some years ago. And like, I, yeah, I don't feel like there are a lot of male allies that are speaking loudly and articulating that they actually understand what's going on. And, and the question being for Jeff Flake, back to your point, like, yeah. how do we engage them in a productive conversation about this? I'm like, could I explain what a vote like this means in right. that way to him that fits that into that particular arc of social justice and human rights? Right. Does that even matter to him? Does he, does he not see it? Because Jeff, like, he gets to, he, he's walking away from the Senate, mostly because, or so he said, it's such a polarized place yeah. right now. And he's just one example of many people who are probably going to vote for Brett Kavanaugh. But the question to me is, why don't these people who are still living in this universe that's not, I don't want to say progressive, but out some of these outdated, like Lindsey Graham, my God, he showed his full ass mm -hmm. in these Senate hearings. But why don't you take this opportunity to be a true future builder? That's what I want to know. Like you have all the power in the world to do that, but I guess they just want a different kind of future. They want a different kind of future, yeah. And I think it's like my, I got a massage yesterday. My massage therapist was telling me the story. I was like squirming on the table because she was talking about how, telling me some story about how she was recently in Austin, Texas, and she was traveling alone as a woman and, you know, thinks a lot about how she dresses when she's out on the streets and how to project confidence, but also not, you know, be too sexualized. And she said that a guy comment or like made a comment about her hair or something. And she said like, oh, thanks like I needed that boost of confidence today or something and he said thank you so much like it is so nice to be able to compliment a woman and have her like acknowledge it and be flattered by it and I was just like okay <laughs> like how like he's responding from a place of being like this world is too PC I can't even like do something to make someone feel better it's just like it's a completely different orientation toward sure. human interaction Right. And I feel like that's what like was so obvious to me in these Kavanaugh hearings that it's like it's a completely different way of thinking about what it means to be an equitable person in the world. Right. And how I don't know. I just feel very uh stuck. I think there are signs in what has happened in the past few weeks that show that like the needle has moved since Anita Hill, obviously. But I think I just like. But he's still going to be. He's still going he's to be. Still, he's, he's still confirmed to a up. lifetime appointment. Yeah. Yeah. And and beyond the allegations, to me, the fact that people are coming forward from his background, who said he was not, he mischaracterized his behavior, mm -hmm. and I don't know. I it just it seems. It's just pretty de like depressing time mm -hmm. when it comes to how are these important institutions, which you know everyone up holds up as so sacred, mm -hmm. like the Supreme Court, and it's and they would say this has been political politicized by the Democrats, but I don't. But now the Republicans are using it to, and it's energizing their base. I know. I know. <sighs> That's like. That is just the level that is it's just so sickening. I mean, all of it is. But that more that people want to come out in support of the fact that their ideals are being diminished and demolished. It's just like there are a lot of there are just 
such fundamentally different worldviews about this particular topic. Yeah. I don't know. It's like the thing that I keep coming back to, though, is the point that everyone has been making that this is not like it's, it was not our job to litigate him and to decide whether or not he did or did not do this thing. It was about is this the kind of character of a human that we want to appoint to a lifetime appointment? And like, don't we all know a Brett Kavanaugh? Yes. God, just knowing the frat that he's in. Oh, I know. But even like we were talking today about Bill Cosby and the Cosby verdict last week and like how you can at one like at once hold that this person has made significant contributions to art and has an important artistic legacy and also has done these like terrible things and how like as humans we have such a we struggle so much to hold those two things and we want to come down hard on one side or the other. And like, I don't know. I don't know that we can get to the point where we can. It's hard to articulate both of those things when you know that people can just hear one part of it, you right. know? Right. And I don't think that you can. I don't think it's black <clears throat> or white. Yeah. I, I mean, I think what Bill Cosby was doing to women is there's no that is black and white. That was right. 100 percent wrong and horrible. But when it comes to his contribution to our TV culture and what he represented to African-Americans and what they saw as a black family on television, I mean, that is real Mm -hmm. and that is of value. And that's something that I mean, I don't think I don't think there is a one way or the other. Yeah. But I think and that's exactly the case with something like. Any any of these sexual misconduct, like, conversations or stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was texting with a friend today about this whole ordeal, and she had has been physically uh, assaulted by a man and who she didn't know. She had an argument with someone at a bar, and she was telling me that the first thing her mom said to her when she told it was, how much had you been drinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like your mom who's who's so horrified that something like that happened to you. Mm-hmm. But it's like and it's like what have we always told you? You know. Right? And I mean every woman I know, I certainly I'm always like running the risk calculations in my head when I totally. I'm, I'm moving about the world by myself. Oh, totally. Yeah, and I mean it's not yeah, it's that constant tension between like I don't want to feel limited, but I also like it's more important for me to like go to this thing and get home safely than it is for me to wear this outfit, you know. Totally. And like you're, yeah. that's an honest like that's the honest thought pattern. Oh yeah, of like I'm what? one person. This is a huge system. I can make only one choice right now, and I'm gonna make the one that yeah. makes tonight easier. And I don't, I don't want to have to think about that. I, I would love for that not to be something I, I'm thinking about. Yeah. Well, that leads me to my, my third thing that brings me joy in a really convoluted way, which okay. is <laughs> topless speeches. Mm. <laughs> so, is oh it basically in Spain, all beaches are topless beaches, and then. Some are nude. Well, I don't even know. There wasn't even like things that were formally designated as nude. They were just like people that were also just nude. And I just started realizing that 
swimsuits are so oppressive. <laughs> like swimsuit tops. Oh, wow. This is like a full circle moment for she and her. <laughs> Wear the damn bikini, but also don't. don't. If you don't want to. <laughs> but it was just so freeing to like be topless in a way that was not sexualized. Yes. And like I didn't feel the need to like police and sexualize myself because everyone around me was not was not and it was like old women younger women people of all different bodies people like eating chips and salsa you know what i mean just like doing (laughs) normal things yes and it was amazing and like so freeing and i was like wow we have a problem in our culture yes of like i mean of every yeah of many things but it was just so it was so freeing it's so nice yeah i don't think i've ever done that i've never been to topless well maybe when i was in high school and i was on miami beach but but that was the thing so when i was in miami earlier this year we like went on a walk and walked through the nude beach area and it felt super creepy yeah because it was like this like cordoned off and it was like people will be nude from here to here and it's like so ridiculous yeah it's so ridiculous so ridiculous and it cares right and it just felt so much more normal for it to be like the expectation is that we there's no expectation we really don't care whether we have your top or not so that's my number three. Number three. Where am I? I have had embroidery <laughs> and Beyonce's outfits, all clothing related. Yeah. Hmm. What has been bringing me joy? I wish it wasn't this hard to conjure. <laughs> I feel like I've just been in like a five alarm fire of rage yeah. lately. Five um, alarm? Is that a thing? I don't know. Feels like a thing. Okay. I'm sure um, it is. Okay. Things that are bringing me joy. Uh, my dog. Always. Yeah, always. 100% always. So this morning I was able to work from home a little bit because I had a meeting in Durham mid-morning. And so lately um, Link has been, I'm always the last person out of the house and Link's always like, oh, bye. <laughs> so he usually goes in to a downstairs bedroom and just lays there before I leave. Well, he was downstairs in one of these bedrooms and I was upstairs posted up at our kitchen table doing some work and he came up the stairs and he was like, what? You're still here? Aww. And he just like ran over to me and just started nuzzling me and put Aww. his head in my lap and just kept it there. And I was like, oh my God, love this dog. Oh, and I have another thing that's bringing me joy. Yeah. So I was um, doing field work this week. Uh-huh. And I am documenting this public art project that is soon to be installed in this small Western North Carolina town, which happens to be um, an area where they have one of the highest number of artists per capita in the country. Hmm. It's like a huge craft area. And there's a public art artist who's overseeing the project from Seattle. His name is Jack Mackey, and he is just a damn delight. So we were, I was documenting him assembling this piece of art in a warehouse where in the other room, uh, like a 1,200 pound shipment of butternut squash was being processed. So it was just kind of like a fun, fun setup. But he was, I was asking him why he pivoted from being like a fine art photographer or videographer to this and he basically said that what he realized is he could not take the pressure of a gallery opening or Mm -hmm. a showing of his own work and that what he loves so much about 
being a public artist is that his opinion was the last that mattered. Hmm, that's cool. And I thought that was so cool because I have worked with a lot of artists and there are some egos out there that are just outrageous. Yeah. And sometimes I wish that I felt like I was a little bit more at the center of universe <laughs> than, than I do. Um, depends on the day, but I love meeting people who like that's their life value that they're yeah. living, that they're not, and that they really believe in the power of art to transform how people relate to their lives or to relate to their spaces, and that's what they're about helping helping create. Mm -hmm. And so it, what their idea that they oversee is very malleable because it really depends on this sort of call and response that they do with communities that they work in. Yeah. So that brought me a lot of joy. That's awesome. And I stayed like an old 1950s motel, which had recently Ooh, been renovated. That was fun. That's fun. Yes. What about you? You got one more? I think more? I have one more, but now I can't remember what it was. And I'm going to... Oh, I know what it was. It was friendships in this phase of our lives. Ooh, tell me more. So I feel like I just had two really positive... So I went to this wedding in Spain of my partner's one of his best friends from high school and college and like their whole crew of high school and college people were there. And then that next weekend we were at this joint wedding with a bunch of friends from college as well. And it was just so nice to finally feel like, I don't know, you're at this place in these relationships where you've had enough shared experiences that you can so easily just like pick back up the pieces and the dynamics are like just as they were and yes. they're so pleasant. And it was just like a really good reminder of, I don't know, feeling like so secure in those friendships at this point and like not, I feel like like in the post-college era, I went through phases of being like, okay, how do you maintain this? Like what kind of, you know, maintenance work do you have to do to like keep a long distance friendship alive? And it was just like, these are both really good reminders of like, oh, those like those bonds were there for a reason yes. and like they will be picked back up if like the season is right and i don't know it was just like a very uh pleasant and rejuvenating renewing experience yes we had a blast this weekend yeah we're also kind of at this phase where we have a little bit more sense and wisdom and experience and so i was asking one of my friends a question about something I am confused about mm -hmm. this weekend. And she's like, mm, this is how I see it. Very black and white. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to run with that. Hmm. And like, I feel like I'm manifesting some of that decisiveness now yeah. in my own thinking about how I solve problems and think through things. And that is kind of nice. Yeah. Okay. The other thing, this podcast that I was listening to, uses this term that at first I was just like, ugh, like this is so floofy, but now I'm so into it about thinking <laughs> like seasons of your life. Yes. And I've just been thinking so much about that, that it's like, that, that is okay. Like it is okay to have like a season of your life where you are, I don't know, not into doing something, even if it's like something that you've always told yourself is important to you or brings you joy. And I feel like I like was able to lean into that this summer because I was sort of forced to because of a change in work. And it's been so nice to be like, oh, like maybe that's actually what I want to be doing. And maybe it's okay to have like a season in my life where I'm 
not overcommitting myself and not feeling guilty about it or like whatever it is. Maybe this is your SCOBY season. This is a SCOBY season. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be, you're going to become a maker now. Oh, I will be. I'll expect to see you at the Durham farmer's market in a few short weeks. Noted. (laughs) Noted with my supplies. I like that. Yeah. And how fall, I think like fall is, I mean, fall is definitely my favorite season, but also because I really like having like full permission to be cozy. Yes. (laughs) And like, I don't know, turn inward. And it's just like, I, I realize in this season why that feels so nice to me. Cause it's like, I'm always fighting to give myself more permission to do that. It's yes. nice to be like, you can. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Well, let's see. What else? Anything else? Anything else yeah. you've been thinking about? Um, let me see. <clears throat> I wrote some things. Oh. What? <laughs> As I look at my phone to tell you this, addiction to social media. We're so back have you at updated, that. Okay, but have oh, you updated your phone? Oh, my God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you looked at your stats? What's your latest? Let's, let's have a... Ooh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I looked at my stats yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was disturbed. Okay, what were they? So, yeah, you share yours. Wait, how do I go? Actually, how do you go to yesterday now? Oh, my God. It's so bad. Um, so today, screen time, three hours, 28 minutes. Three hours, 46. <laughs> Jesus. Most used Instagram, 44 minutes. 49. <laughs> For me, that's my most used as well. Mail. The, so mine goes Instagram, mail, messages, podcasts. Hmm. It's not that interesting. Well, Okay. This can't be right. <laughs> this something something is wrong. Apple here. has to sort out this. This is a problem. <laughs> Let's see. Instagram forty nine minutes. We should do this every episode this yeah, season. This would be a good. Wow. Okay. Instagram forty nine minutes. Messages forty one. What in the world am I doing on messages? People be texting me. People are texting you. Uh, Outlook sixteen minutes. I'm proud of my Facebook. It's only seven minutes. Yeah, mine's four. But how many? How many times do you pick it up per hour? What about you? So okay, I think that's actually kind of stupid because it counts the hours that you're asleep. It's like an average of twenty four hours. Oh, okay, that that's nice to know. So I think the total pickups is more interesting. How many? One eighty eight. <gasps> what? What's yours? Ninety eight. <laughs> <laughs> so you're picking up more frequently, looking at it a little bit less. Yeah. And I'm picking up less frequently, looking at it a little more. How many notifications today? 278. 
Are you okay? You work in news, so it's gonna be a little different. But it's also because I accidentally updated my Gmail app and it's sending me like a oh, notification every horrible. time. Horrible. What about your last seven days? Uh, three hours, ten minutes per day. But I only updated on Sunday. Okay. So I only have one, two, three, four, five. I only have five days. I'm going off of. So I updated, I guess, like two weeks ago. Okay. And my daily average is four hours and ten minutes of your phone total. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna do better. All right. Okay. See? Woo. Wow. <laughs> no, this is a good feature, though. It is a good feature. I don't even. You know what the worst part about it is? I don't even feel like I look at my phone that long. Yeah. So it's like you're not even paying that much attention to what you're doing on your phone. It's mindless hours that I'm wasting. Oh, completely. Hmm. So shall we like hold ourselves accountable to something? Yeah. Right now, what's it gonna be? Should we budge? Like, I'm nervous. Like <laughs> I'm going to have to find a way to clear my like, study. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a... Um, this is a season of our life. Yeah, this is. This is a season. <laughs> okay, so let's... Okay, let's... This is a good challenge. Listeners, you can hold us accountable. Hold us accountable. Okay. Uh, to reduce our daily average? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or should we reduce... See, Instagram is a like app? a huge culprit. <laughs> Like, it is by far what I spend the most time Because it's, it's also, like, the most mindless. Like, I can't mindlessly read. It's so true. You can't be on Facebook doing it. Like, yeah, I can't get on Facebook because it just makes me upset. I'm know. like, okay, you have an opinion. All right. Okay, hours per day. What are we trying? Okay, what's our hourly rate? What are we trying to get down to? I two think hours? Two hours a day. Two hours a day. Okay. Let's shake hands. Okay. I'm going to film this on social media so we are going to hold each other accountable. <laughs> Okay. All right. So we're shaking hands. <laughs> we're going to get our our phone usage down to... Two hours a day. Two hours a day. All right. Well, what a show it's been. <laughs> it really has. Um, Many a topic. Uh, thank you for listening. Yep. Hope it um, gives you some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, she and her is a podcast... Hosted and written and produced by <laughs> written <laughs> carefully scripted <laughs> by me, Sandra Davidson, and my co-host Anita Rao from the studios of WHUP in downtown Hillsboro. And we will see you all very soon. And blessings to you. <laughs> <laughs>
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.